This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible episode of the official Caps Chirp Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. If you're an OG here, you know that Thursdays are typically a interview. Uh, I had an interview last week. This week, I was able to secure an interview with Stat Guy Blake at Allen Caps 1995 on Twitter. Uh, we're you know, pretty from different generations, but our opinions typically align. So we're going to be shooting this shit about how the season went, high and low moments, a little bit of league news, and uh, what are we looking forward to coming into the offseason and stress-free playoff viewing hockey. So let's pop some tabs and get this going. One, two, three. All right, adding to the stream now, Stat Guy Blake. How you doing, dude? Hey, how's it going, man? It's going well. Thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm excited to talk to you again. It's been a, it's been a while. Uh, I know yeah. that you were a new father last time we talked, and now you were telling me that the fatigue has set in. You're in the trenches now. I I, I think I'd still consider myself a new father. <laughs> yeah, because it's been only like a few months, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah she was born in November, and now it's. April. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you know what? I was happy to hear that the kid's still alive. You're still alive. Your wife's still alive. You are. Yeah, she's doing great. She's um, she's she's almost sitting up now, which is super fun. Um, (laughs) No, no, really. um, And she's 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 starting to get ticklish, which is which is the best part of fatherhood. There you go. Is is tickling your children. So by all advanced stats and by the eye test, you are absolutely winning here. You're you're absolutely. And, and yeah, man, I mean, the little things I will say though, this is the precursor to her being mobile. And then at that point, Oh, she's, she's so ready to move, dude. And like, (laughs) like, like she is, she is itching to get going, (laughs) which is, which is, gonna be a challenge but i'm ready for it <laughs> yeah there you go you played hockey when you were a kid man you know how to you know how to use your body to obstruct paths you know i think <laughs> you know um yeah i will say it was always the hardest to defend the little mobile guys because you're always taking penalties on them and they would never you know they always had the low man advantage you know so right. i was I, I was i was a late bloomer so i was the little guy that was hard to defend Oh, it was you, you fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, crap. All right. Good stuff, man. Congrats. Glad to hear it. All good news, it sounds like, from your end, aside from being a little tired. But I do have some (laughs) A little tired, but otherwise great. Yeah. Good, good. I have some extra good news for for you and all Caps fans, and honestly, the league in general, the world in general, society, humanity, all in general. The Penguins officially eliminated – from playoff contention for the first time in 16 years. While I will say that is a pretty good streak. God damn, does it feel good that it's over? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I love the, like, the, like somebody tweeted, you've got to be sick to enjoy this penguins downfall. And just all the people just <laughs> quoting with pictures of themselves, legitimately sick. <laughs> 
I love to I, if if you know if Levin the Penguins, uh, you know, missing the playoffs is wrong. I don't want to be fucking right. Right. I love, I love it, dude. This is amazing. This is really good news. I, I just I I'm reveling in Penguins fans' misery. Uh, you know, and look, they have one of the longest streaks in pro pro sports currently. And I'm talk. I was talking to my buddy uh, who's a big Penguins fan. And he's like, you know, talking about how impressive that is. And I'm like, dude, it's nowhere near the longest period. I don't know. Like, what? what is your I – I don't know. It's, it's a typical Penguins fan thing to do. Ma- making a mountain out of a molehill, right? right. You know, Sidney Crosby is the best player ever to play the game. It's like, dude, show me what, one category. That what, he's what, records, what record does he like, have? In yeah. what in what statistical category is he top ten in NHL history? Exactly. Oh. Right. Oh. And then and then they immediately go to points per game, and I'm like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna accept that because because he took so much time off. You know, there, there's so many unknowns to that. I, I I do not accept the points per game argument, uh, partially because I'm a biased homer for the Washington. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> But also because if we had points per game, I'd totally, I'd totally beat that into the ground. But like, <laughs> right? But like, come on, no, I'm you know, let's talk about bulk numbers here, baby. But that being said, but that being said, is Crosby up for the greatest anything in NHL history in terms of a stat? Look, nope. man, I don't think so. I think that he is a he is what people have been calling him in this objective. Watchers have been calling him as one of the best generate of, of this generation. And I would absolutely agree. One of easily top two, top three of the past 10, 15 years, hands down, not even question. I will absolutely give him that. But when we talk about all time goat, yeah, you know, there's only one guy in the league currently who's chasing all time goat status. And that's Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. He's already there in many, in many ways. It, it is, it is kind of it's kind of frustrating because like like the penguins just cause me so much pain and misery and and i just i just can't stand them but like but like who who would i have to hate if not for the penguins you know superhero needs a super villain there is no there is no you know superman without lex luthor isn't isn't as good right Ovi, Ovi without Crosby is just there's there's just something missing. But oh my goodness, I wish Crosby would get out of my freaking face, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and unfortunately, because of the caliber player that he is, I don't think we're going to see that sunset at least for the next few years. Um, yeah. You know, let's give it to him. I I believe he's he's working towards a hundred point season. I, I believe he's in the nineties in points, something crazy like that. Um, I don't know. I don't, I try not to look because it just makes me angry. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you did just get to the 1500 club, which is quite a feat though. Again, he's, he's not near the top there. You know, he's not, of course, you know, you think of the all time greats, you look at, you look at Gretzky and he could have not scored a single goal in his NHL career and still would be holding the points record pretty handily, very handily. Right. In fact, you know, so that seems like the unobtainium, if you will. Yeah. Um, though we thought the goal record was unobtainium, and now look at us now. So who knows? I, I distinctly remember 
I distinctly remember as like a child, like being like, I can't wait for Obi to break Gretzky's record and being told Gretzky's record is unbreakable. He might, he might catch how, but he's never catching Gretzky. And now it's just like, and now it's not if it's when. Right. And that's incredible stuff. You know, Caps fans, we should, and let's be honest, the Penguins cap series throughout Ovi and, and Crosby's entire career are things of legend. These are some of the best played on both sides, beyond Crosby, beyond Ovi, you know, some of the best played series. It's crazy that it happened in the second round because really we would love to have seen this in a Stanley Cup final, which doesn't happen, obviously, because yeah. they're in the conference or at least an Eastern Conference final a la the Red Wings and Avalanche of yesteryear. But I do. Yeah, it, it could never happen. The Ovi Crosby rivalry could never happen cross conference. And I'll prove to you why. Matthews McDavid. It, exactly. It's just not it. They're they're the parallels are there. You know, right? Matthews has the shot and he has the goals, but but McDavid is the better player, and you know both teams are you know struggling, but then maybe someday they'll get there, and 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 but but it just doesn't have the same oomph as Ovi Crosby did because they didn't. They didn't play five times a year and they didn't they didn't meet in the in the second round every every you know three to four years and right it just it just will never be the same as Ovi Crosby had was because it's cross conference. Exactly. They don't have the they're not constantly in each other's face, so the vitriol doesn't get to build. Um and there, there so- is no there is no why don't you fight me? You know, right. all uh, Ovi challenging Crosby a couple of years ago. That was that was such an amazing moment, and <laughs> and you'll never get that with with Matthews and McDavid because because Matthews is in the Eastern Conference and McDavid is in the Western Conference. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So, listen, this is a huge. I mean, for me, misery loves company, and I am the hockey troll, so I, I do enjoy this immensely um, right I can't wait to take and this happened right before we're recording right so I haven't taken fully to the to the social media yet but I it's going to happen don't worry um and I'm you know shit I might even throw it all the way back to Facebook like who knows who knows <laughs> going with this fucking thing but uh I'm, I'm it's a, a high point and amazing Okay, so the Caps would have had a similar streak if not for a unfortunate Adam Oates season, right? Like, <laughs> we got yeah. like, come the fuck on, right? I mean, you want to talk about a team that clearly wanted their coach fired? That was the Adam Oates era, right? The last season of Adam Oates. Uh, but if you if you look at, at, you know, and of course we would have loved to have a comparable thing and in and, and, and all – respects it would have been great to see both streaks kind of in at the same time and us and us be head to head but at the same time you know i'm i'm kicking out the adam oats era and you look at it and what amazing parallels there are between these two teams right the only thing that i will say that you know robert frost we came to a fork in the road right and the caps i think took the smart business way in that fork the penguins on the other hand took the very dumb business way. They did not sell at the trade deadline. They did not grab assets. They did the opposite. 
they sold assets that they had and they tried to make a run. They got yeah. Granlin about five years too late. They picked up some other bum. I mean, these are all guys that were almost replacement level players and did absolutely Nick Benino tried to run it back with him. Did absolutely. Well, that, was, that was an interesting choice there. Exactly. And you know, the thing is Nick Benino is not a, not a bad player, but you know, at this point in his career, he's, Replacement level, or maybe one iota above. I thought that they poorly he, he, he handled. better served on on a a young actual contender. Like he would have been better served on, say, like the Devils. You know, yeah. where Toronto you have young guys who are really good and they're playing really well, but you need you need some some playoff experience. So you put a Benino in in a young team, and hopefully that helps them in the playoffs. But instead, it has to anchor put, anchor the third line. You know, yeah, like, you instead you said, uh, let's let's put an old guy on an old team. <laughs> right. In Capstans, we know how that works out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean putting Brooks Orpic on the caps went so bad. What? Who said it? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, you know, I really think that Ron Hextall is just a, a sleeper cell agent. Uh, you know, he's hated the penguins in his entire life. He's somehow conned ownership into getting that job and he's there to fuck it up so what you're saying is that hextall and reardon are opposite of each other and that reardon was a penguin sleeper agent for the caps and now hextall is a sleeper agent for the penguins Uh, but for the flyers exactly and that is exactly (laughs) correct that's what happened uh i love that i I didn't even think about fucking todd reardon jesus christ (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but you're right. That's exactly, that's exactly it. 120%. Um, So, hey, you know what? Both fan bases get to watch uh, stress-free playoff hockey, man. How does that make you feel? It's a weird, it's a weird relief. I'll say when the Caps were officially eliminated, it was almost like a weight came off my shoulders. How did you feel? Oh, I, uh, I, I can't, I, I, I don't like it. I, so I never, I can never accept any of my teams, no matter how bad I knew they were going to be right. being eliminated. Sure. But especially when I thought they were actually going to like, I, I didn't necessarily think Caps were going to be cup contenders this year, but I thought, I, I thought we were, you know, a lock for the playoffs as usual. And I thought, you know, maybe there were some, some positive changes made this year that would help us potentially get at least to the second round, at least get to watch, you know, a couple extra weeks of hockey. Same. I can't, I, I'm, I can't do it. And like, you know, last year I knew that I knew the commanders were going to be terrible. And I yeah. still, I, they gave I, you still hope, I still let the Taylor Heineke fever take me over. I can't, I cannot escape <laughs> who I am and who I am as a homer. Right. Of course. Yeah. No, no, I, I, dude, I, I get it, man. And I was, I was, you know, post look, I think that it was, it's you in retrospect, we look at it and, and, Management, I didn't want to say it at the time because I didn't want to accept it, but management put the white flag up when they traded Orlov and Hathaway. Like that was it. 
you know, after oh, yeah, that, that, that was, that was when I, the Orlov trade was when I accepted. There was, there was a trade before Orlov. I'm trying to remember who it was. Who, who got traded before Orlov? Jansen, Lars Eller. Um, I can't remember which trade it was. There was a trade where I was like, that's probably it. And then the Orlov trade happened and I was like, oh, it's over, over. Yeah. Yeah. Gustafson. That might have been it. Gustafson. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Gustafson, I was like, oof, we might be we might be packing it in here, boys. And then we right. traded Orlov. You saw the Gustafson trade and you were like, maybe because we didn't know about John Carlson. We didn't know how bad. It was with John Carl. Like, oh, maybe John, maybe JC's coming. Especially because we were getting Sandine back. I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe exactly. it's maybe it's to get some like younger talent. And like, I was like, it could be that we're just like, you know, kind of accepting that it could happen, but not throwing in the towel. And then they traded Orlov, and I was like, oh, it's over, over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. But uh, I will interject here. What is not over over is the NBA NBA playoffs. It's NBA playoffs time. That means a big hoops action with DraftKings Sports. We're going to sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-477. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City, 21 and older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. That's a mouthful, bud. All right. So we spent the first half of the show ripping the Penguins, which was awesome. I love that. I do love ripping the Penguins. Uh, even even when I know that like I'm a little bit throwing some of these stones from a little bit of a glass house, I still love it. Oh, I don't care if if I'm throwing them from a paper dumpster that's on fire being hurled into the sun. I'm still going to throw them as hard as I can. I don't. Give oh a yeah. Shit. The, the reality and 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 self awareness is out the door when we start talking about how the hatred for the penguins, dude. Like, I oh yeah. Care. No question. No question. And you know what? It's fucking justified. Look at the past 16 years. Like it's justified. <laughs> I, I don't entirely feel bad for a group of people who, who their transfer out of the, the uh, Mario Lemieux era was directly into the Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby of Malkin era. So 
I'm going to rip in it every shot I get. And, dude, you know that Penguins fans are like, but there were, like, five bad years, and the Penguins are really bad. Even when Lemieux came back, it's like, we were going to get, the team was going to get sold and moved. Yeah, sure. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. Um, The only thing that Pittsburgh has going for them is their sports teams. You really think that that fucking little town's going to let that shit go? Absolutely not. Um, Though I would love have loved it. They could, we could be looking at the Quebec City Penguins at this point, right? You know, that would have been amazing. Um, unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, so, anyways, let's talk about the caps, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'd love to hear like when. So, last time I think we talked <laughs> in a high point in the season, and and what I think do you have a highlight? I've been asking people that have been coming on. I asked Dan Holmey last last Thursday from Locked On Caps, like, yo, what was the highlight of the season for you? Like, let's look at a silver lining here. What is the highlight? Looking back, was there a moment where you were like, man, I love this is awesome? Um, there was a period in late November and into the rest of December, up until the John Carlson slap shot injury, where. Yeah. It was just everything was gangbusters from the the power play was ripping, the penalty kill was ripping, the the caps were dominating five on five, and if they you know they, they could give up a goal and wouldn't care and they just score and, and they get it back and Ovi was scoring like crazy and yeah. it, it was it was probably a 20 game stretch where it was oh, yeah. just nonstop fun. And I was like, this is the caps that I expected coming into the season. And, and I knew, it was, I knew we were going to level off. I knew that right. what was happening in December was not sustainable and it wasn't going to perpetuate forever, but I did not expect, I expected a level off, not a drop off, not off know? a cliff, which we fell off a cliff. Absolutely. But yeah, you're right. I was looking at this team. I was like, man, and you can, this is on record. You know, this is the worst part about podcasting is that like this shit's all <laughs> back and fucking call me on my shit. But I was like, this team is fucking special. Like it's crazy. And, you know, I thought that like all of the adversity, they were finally just like, you know, chip on the shoulder. Like, you know, I thought they were just finally overcoming it. And then Baxter and Wilson came back and, and John Carlson went down and then it was just like, Holy fuck. Um, yeah. You know, Dan Holmey said that it, it's funny that you mentioned the John Carlson game where he got injured because of that same game, Ovi broke Howe's record. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he, he passed Howe. I, I know. What you right, he, yeah. He passed it. And so like that was also a quite the highlight as well. And I think that that's, if I look at one moment, that's probably it for me this season, but yeah, that whole stretch was pretty fucking awesome. Um, and, you know, that just goes to show, man, with an 82-game season, it is truly a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And I would say that during that stretch, the Washington Capitals were absolutely uh, fucking that, Usain Bolt there. That was a really fun – that was a really fun 20 games. Um, yeah. I really genuinely think – for as much as – for as much as I shit on Carlson and for much as everyone in this fan base likes to shit on Carlson, I yeah. really think that losing him, especially on the power play, mm-hmm. really did a number on this team. And oh, yeah. not only not only just from a like losing talent perspective, but from a like disrupting the flow of things perspective. And I think it really like 
I think it, it caused problems that you can't really quantify. Sure. Like, like it just, like, it was like, like when you don't expect a speed bump to be in this particular uh, shopping center and, <laughs> and you're just, all of a sudden there's just like five speed bumps in a row. And that was the first one of just like, just Carlson's out and you're like, ah, that's, that sucks for the power play, but at least we won't be turning the puck over in the defensive zone so much. Oh, we're still turning the puck over in the defensive zone so much. And also <laughs> the power play is now dog shit. <laughs> Right. Because no out out, out, out Soli Plaza, by the way, in Chantilly, there. Uh, <laughs> <with this laughs> no one, no one can put the puck in in Ovi's wheelhouse on the power play like Carlson. Like, like honestly, even at the, at this point, Carlson might even be better at it than Backstrom. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, Backstrom's been put on the opposite half wall, and he's he starts like he's the first pass. You know, he's the secondary. Yeah, second yeah, he's play. he's a couple of down the line so and and carlson's the guy who like if obi's if obi's ripping at home it's coming from carlson so you need it to be you know right in the wheelhouse and and carlson gets it there like nobody else and also and i've said this for a long time carlson is the best player in the league at keeping the puck in the zone and keeping the puck alive on the power play you have ironic the worst in the league at it but he's the best in the league at the other thing, which is more important, which is scoring goals. So, so yeah. we'll let the keeping the puck in the zone slide. <laughs> All right. Let me pose this question to you. Who is better at feeding Ovi, Mike Green or John Carlson? Oh, gosh. I know. You got to bring up – I mean, So, so here's, here's, here's why that question is difficult for me because yeah. – because I'm a little, I'm a little bit younger, so mm-hmm. so the the Mike Green era was before I like truly understood how hockey worked. Sure, and okay. so it was just Mike Green's so great because right. because he's Mike Green, and so right. there, I couldn't I couldn't even if uh, the answer might be Mike Green is better, but I I couldn't give a genuine answer because because to me my whole experience of Mike Green was how great he was. You know, I think that John Carlson has a much larger sample size of success. That's for sure. I'll give you that. I mean, winning a couple do that for you. (laughs) Exactly right. That's undoubted. But dude, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, John Carlson is a huge part of this team. Um, Every time I see John Carlson hate, I'm like, uh, dude, you got a guy eating 25 to 28 minutes a game depending on how long it goes. Uh, And of course he's going to be prone to a turnover here and there. And yeah, it might be a fucking terrible one that ends up in the back of your net. But at the same time, this dude's racking up two, three points a game on assists alone. Um, You don't just do that in the NHL, you know, this ain't beer league. Okay. Yeah. Beer league. I score a point a game from behind my own goal line. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, But in 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 the NHL, man, you really gotta be perfect with that shit. And on top of that, people don't don't. I, I don't think that people, especially maybe novice or early hockey fan viewers, don't appreciate the type of positioning that John Carlson takes advantage of. I mean, he's a big boy. He he gets in lanes. He cuts down passes, but he also just has a really good way of of angling guys to the boards angling them off the puck which is not something that i think 
all hockey fans truly appreciate, you know, understanding that geometry and being able to execute it. Because let's be honest, John Carlson is not a speedster back there. Especially not, especially not nowadays. Right. He has to use angles. He has to be smart about it. And I think that he is that guy. Uh, I, I think I'm willing to be a little bit more critical of him than you are, but, but yeah. to your point, I think he, you know, he, he gets a lot of undeserved hate and he, as I said before, he, he, no one keeps the puck alive on the power play like John Carlson, nobody. And nobody feeds it to Ovi like John Carlson. And that's, that's two things you want on a power play with Ovi yeah. on the other side is is keeping the puck alive and feeding it to him and you and and i know i as as a analytics nerd i know i talk a lot about 5v5 but but there's a there's a statistically significant impact that power play really does have and if you have somebody who can that that massively impact your power play positively even if even if he was as bad as everyone wants to discuss him at five on five, which is not correct, but he's not as he's his impact is mostly on the power play, but he's not as bad at five on five as people want to make him out to be. But Oh my goodness. His impact at five on five at, at on the power play is so immense that you just, it's, you cannot, you know, write it off. It's he's, Absolutely. He makes such an impact there. I get it. Yeah. No, and and I totally agree. Anito, of course, I'm I'm a, I I love John Carlson, so so that's it. You know, I'm unapologetic <laughs> about that. Um so I mean okay, we've talked about a high point. What was the low point? What was like the fuck point of of the Washington Capitals season for you? Like the time where you were at your lowest. <laughs> um I had I had several lowest points. Most <laughs> most of them involving games in which Ovi was a game time decision and did not play. Um, yeah. But I think I think when it when I knew it was all over was that Anthony Mantha turnover in, in oh. against Penguins. That was Dude. that Bro, was I, I was I, like I, it's over it's over. Boys. I was in the, I was that that game. <laughs> oh. And I mean you can imagine. We go down three nothing or whatever it was, and you get you know all the mouth breathers around me. We're just like, ah, yeah, I'm in the cat, the pen, and you know, walking. So I've been to a lot of Penguins games uh, the past few years, and mm-hmm. you know, it's when they play the Caps, and I'll be honest, the past couple games have been kind of the vitriol wasn't there, the hype was not on these games, they were just like, mm, win or lose, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, uh, you know, mid season, even late in the season, both teams are going to the playoffs. Who cares? This game though, you could just feel the hype in the air. The vibe yeah. is immaculate people, even the dumbass penguins, mouth breather fans understood how important and what kind of implications this game had. And when we started to come back after this drone goal, you could just see everyone around me just deflated, like starting uh-huh. another fuck. You know, I even think I saw people headed for the fucking door. Like it was 
it was for me a great experience to just revel in it because you know of course after dylan strom scored i jumped about three feet in the air and was like whoa yeah let's go. <laughs> um which i typically try not to gloat too much when i'm in an away arena you know i don't i don't want to be that guy but i was like on one that one I was like fuck yeah let's go and immediately after i'm watching the play and i am sitting lower bowl top level of the lower bowl i have a uh uh-huh. where the uh caps attack twice uh-huh. was in the third um and uh yeah it was it was not good the, the, i saw the turnover and i was like oh fuck and then i was like please don't score my-. and then i didn't even realize it was malkin but i i had thought it was and i was like please don't please don't please don't no 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 and then they scored and the fucking lid blew off that fucking arena yeah i bet it was, God damn it! Yeah, when I when I saw the puck and I saw the seven and the one, I was like, "It's over, it's over, boys!" <laughs> and it, it was indeed over at that point. Yeah. That yep. that was definitely a low point. Um, oh, that was that was so brutal. I probably probably a lot of unfair things were said about Mantha that day. Sure, but. That was that was so brutal, man. You can't do that. Tough not to be the bad guy in a play like that, man. Like, yeah. Ugh. Especially because because that was like kind of our, our our season was essentially over at that point. Yes, but that was kind of our one shot was beating was winning that game, right? And it was against who else but the freaking penguins man and it's just it's just hard to escape taking a lot yeah. of shit when you know the nail in the coffin is against the penguins and it's on a horrendous turnover i mean that was just so bad in rego buddy i had to fucking i had to walk out of the arena three or four blocks to my car and hear people just like there was a guy, there's a fucking Penguins fan who was just going, yeah, Gino, yeah, Malkin. Every time somebody in a fucking Malkin jersey passed him as we were walking with him to wonder, I was just like, I hate my life so much. Yeah. (laughs) Got in my car, sat in Pittsburgh fucking traffic. Oh, God. Yeah, dude, it was just numb, numb, just like. Oh, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. All right, good stuff. So, you know, as we wrap this up, let like okay, we've got we've got stress-free playoff viewing. We've got the Boston Bruins who are an absolute wagon who look like they're unbeatable. Interesting. I'm gonna you know, obviously we're both super interested to see how that pans out for them. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they've got the kiss of death presidents trophy, but I don't think it fucking matters. That's, story that's these- it, it's a lie. Right. Lies. The President's <laughs> Trophy winners win eight times, win the cup eight times more often than everybody else. Boom! There it is. There it is, Caps fans. That's why we bring Stack Eye Blake on the fucking show. The, the, you now, fuck. granted, that is only twenty five percent of the time. But when you consider <laughs> the fact that everybody else wins one out of every thirty two times, right. the President's Trophy winners are significantly more likely to win than everybody else. Sure, and I think that 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 
25% is going to absolutely play in the, in the Boston Bruins favor. I, they look unbeatable. We just saw them <clears throat> last night. Uh, they're and, also, they're also yeah. not the, the 2010s caps. Yeah. They all, the, yeah. The, the president's trophy curse is not real. The 2010s caps curse, on the other hand, is absolutely <laughs> real. <laughs> and that's, that is only happened. That is only because I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean the, the the caps are actually are. I mean, I I haven't actually measured, but I'm pretty sure they're bringing down the average of President's Trophy winners <laughs> winning the cup. Because Single oh handed. my goodness, absolutely. 2010, oh. 2016, 2017 is brutal. Yeah, but then we we also got to look at, you know, there is some staunch resistance in the East too. You know, you've. If, if not for the Bruins having this season, we would be talking way more about New Jersey, the Rangers, Carolina. We were talking a lot more about these teams. They are all stacked, right? And yeah. they all added at deadline. So you want to talk about, like, the hockey powers really going at it? I think this playoffs is really where we're going to see it, especially in the East. The West is a joke, so who knows what happens there. Uh, but I definitely think the, the Cup's coming East. Uh, in any way, shape, like period, this season. What do you think, man? You agree? I agree. I think it's going to be either the Devils or the Bruins, and I think they're going to uh, beat the piss out of the uh, Oilers in the finals. Is what I think is going to happen. <laughs> whichever, whichever of the Devils or the Bruins happens, it's it. They're going to they're going to beat the Oilers, and McDavid's going to be sad again, and we're all going to be sad for McDavid again. And eventually, eventually, he's going to get his Ovi moment, but it's of not going to be this year. He's getting his teeth kicked in. Yeah. Um, well, you heard it here first, folks, and I've got to agree, man. Look, I was in on the Devils. I thought I was like, you can't sleep on them. They are going to be good this year. They have Siegenthaler. How could they be- possibly be bad? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and Vanacek. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, and I was like, you know, look, I, I, I really just think that the Devils are like, this is their break. This is their, this is their, their, you know, time in the spotlight for sure. It's, it's happening now this season. Um, and a lot of people were out on the Devils and I was like, nope, nope, nope. So, you know, again, there's the benefit of podcasting. If I can go to episode one or three, one through three, I'm sure I at least mention it once uh, with the New Jersey Devils. Um, Okay, so, you know, that's the playoffs. That's the cup. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of fun, stress-free, like I said. A little bit numbing as well, I'm sure. But, you know, let's talk offseason. What do you think the Washington Capitals are going to do in the offseason? At least, you know, you don't have to give me detailed plans, but, you know, where are their needs and, and how how are they going to address them? Yeah, so um, uh, I think – and I obviously have nothing to base this off, but I think Laviolette's gone okay. because the Caps need a, co- a koozie whisperer. I, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. I, there is no Caps without koozie because because we can't move him. His his contract is too big. Um, much like some of the other guys, you know, Oshi, uh, Carlson, some some of the other guys who get getting up there in years getting Mm -hmm. not not getting such great great production anymore and can only go downhill from here so to speak right Um, 
but uh, I don't, I don't think any of those guys are going anywhere. And, uh, and uh, I think, I think we need somebody who can get Koozie going. So I think, I think first thing's going to happen. I think probably like next Monday or something live, he's gone. Um, wow. That really, you don't think the Washington Capitals are going to wait a little bit to see who gets fired out of the playoff situation and things like that. No, I, I think they'll move on from Lavi. Uh, now, now it, 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 it brings me no joy. Right. Not Cause you were, a point. you were a Lavi guy, right? I'm a Lavi guy. I, I think it's you over too. though. I, yeah, I, um, I, I think, I think you lost the room this year. Um, and I don't think there's any coming back from it because just there are certain, I forget. Oh, it was. So, so the, the like, so on average, on average, uh, you're, uh, you're going to score, you're going to get more shots, more expected goals and more actual goals when you're losing. Right. Okay. Right, and it was especially true on, in the Laviolette era throughout until this year, and it just the wheels fell off the bus, and the Caps couldn't get anything going. And as soon as the Caps gave up a goal, it was over this year. And I think that's no. indicative of it of Lavi losing the room, or couldn't get something going, or couldn't. It's, there's something coaching going on. That I That's don't think is recoverable. It's um, a very interesting stat that you that you're bringing up here. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which really hurts as a lavy guy because I, I I still think he's a good coach, and I think I, he'll certainly land on his feet and he'll go coach great somewhere. But I just don't think it's going to be here. So I think first thing that's going to happen is is they're going to move on from Lavi. Um, they're hopefully we'll see the youth movement. We're going to mm-hmm. see some more Snively. We're going to see some more Protus. We're going to see some more Alexiev. Uh, hopefully, hopefully McMichael can figure his shit out. I don't think everyone wants to blame the McMichael situation on Lavi. And I really don't think you can blame it on Lavi. I think McMichael was actually not good this year. And I think yeah. being in Hershey, will either help him or it'll prove that it was over. Yeah, I agree. And we've talked about McMichael before, you know, at some point you got to show something and I don't think he did that. And Hey, call it a sophomore slump. It happens, right? It happens. Um, And I'm 100% clean slate. He comes to the problem that I had with, with McMichael is he barely made the team out of camp. Yeah, okay. we're talking about a guy who had an incredible f- rookie season or a solid rookie season. Let's call it incredible for the Caps, but like league wide, a pretty solid. It, one. it just wasn't bad, was all right. <laughs> yeah, and he did well, right? He did well. There's there's guys that want to talk about, you know, well he had the of of his ice time, he was the highest point producer. It's like yeah, but it was like twenty points, dude. Like chill out, and it was incredibly sheltered minutes. And also, right. he got the same kinds of minutes this year and didn't do anything with them. Exactly. So, but but who knows? Maybe 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 spending you know sixty games in Hershey 
did him some good. And maybe he should have just gotten 60 games in Hershey last year instead of trying to force him into the lineup. <laughs> right. Um, I also I also reject this notion that Laviolette just doesn't play young players. Agreed. Protus and Faravari were in the lineup every night. Yep. For the most part, yeah. Right. What are you gonna do here? Um and we brought in yeah. Sandine, but so and he, he never got scratched, you know. Yeah. So and, and so I, I think there will be some youth. Um, hope I do need to see some big free agent signings because um, I don't believe that we're going to get a good draft pick. I don't think we're getting Bedard. I also, <laughs> I also don't, I don't really believe in the draft in terms of of anytime soon things happening unless you look into. Crosby, Ovechkin, Malkin, or Bedard. But right. like, like everyone was like Lafreniere is the next big thing. And like he's been like good, but like he's not he's not been life changing for the Rangers. Right. And that's you what know? Years ago, and he was supposed to be the best know. thing since Ovechkin. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. So I don't I, I mean, what, twenty percent of first round draft picks play over hundred games in the NHL? Like that should give yeah, you and not to mention, if even when they do, they're not playing like like whoever we draft, unless we get exclusively Bedard, that whoever we draft in the first round isn't playing with Ovi ever. Right, it's no. never happening. Yes. So or, or like, I'm really not worried about supposed to go second. I mean, maybe second, right? So maybe second. But he's he's a Hobie Baker guy, right? So like that's great. He had a great NCAA season. The NCAA has yeah. has quickly become quite the development league for the NHL, which you know, unlike other sports, is a is a very new development. Um, but no, I, I totally agree, man. And and I don't think that like the draft's going to save us. So I was thinking we need a top four defenseman and a top six, ideally top four forward. Yeah. Um, some of it depends on how Carlson comes back. Yeah, um, Maxstrom, you know, he's going to be in. We, we've got to accept that. We can't move uh, him. Well, you you can't move him for like moral reasons. Like they're like <laughs> like <laughs> they're yeah, non hockey, non business reasons. You can't move Maxstrom. Um, yeah. I would. I would. If he's the two C, that's a problem to me. I think he needs to be the three C next year. I think he needs to. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like that guy to... would accept that role and still be a power play specialist, right? Oh, you're still yeah. in the power play, but like you know, back he's a fucking team guy. I think he'll accept that. Oh let yeah. Me, let me let me just float these two forward names past you. Nick right. Schmaltz, Nick Schmaltz, Anthony Duclair. I'm not gonna say no to Duclair. Let, let, let me pull up some stats real quick. So Schmaltz has um, been buried, though, right? Like he, I believe, was a Chicago draft, and he's been buried in Arizona, man. I I believe he might be somewhere else, but like I've all I've thought Nick Schmaltz was like a guy. Uh, hold on. Well, 
I'm looking at his numbers, and I'm certainly not going to say no. <laughs> He's yeah. also only 27. Exactly. Which, exactly. So I'm. I'm not saying no. I would. I would have to. I would have to know a little bit more to to say to say yes. But I'm certainly not saying no. Um, and then declare again. He, he flies under the radar, and so you know we have to look at trade partners here and and people who want draft picks because we have an abundance of them at least for this upcoming season, right? And you have to you have to either get the like the Arizona of the league, which is there's only one or these teams that are looking to that are either too far away from contending like Arizona, that they want draft picks or you have to leverage a player on a team that's on the upswing, like maybe a Buffalo for a player for a hockey trade. Right. So this is where, you know, I think that really narrows it down to really a handful of teams that really are going to be good partners for us in the trade trade market. But, and I, I've, I can't, you know, again, I just, those are just two examples I've pulled out of my ass here, but like, there's only a couple, right? Like even a Calgary, you know, maybe somebody yeah. that we could coax into something, right? If it, if it became like, Hey, we got to move koozie, you know, if it became the, the, travesty of hey we've got to move st thomas which i don't think that's ever going to happen but and yeah, we're not moving really right and then you know here's the thing that like i just think that you know i i trust i'll just say this too i trust mcclellan explicitly with yeah. what's going on in this offseason i don't envy him in any way shape or form but i trust him he i, I do think i do think he's made if not all, almost all of the hard decisions that he's going to have to make anytime soon, I think Orlov was the hardest decision that he's going to have to make for a while because, because you can't move, you can't move Oshi with his injuries. Not that I particularly want to move Oshi, but you, you couldn't if you wanted to. Uh, Koozie and, Carlson have too much money on their contracts. You can't really move them. That's and and ownership and the fans will not let you move Backstrom. And then Ovechkin is a completely separate. Like that's that's a different animal. So like right. he's kind of had to make all the like hard emotional decisions at this point, and he's done them mm-hmm. properly. Because we did, I mean, as much as I love Dorlov and I really wish we could have kept him, it clearly wasn't going to happen. So he he made the hard decision there. So, you know, I, I, I trust him to to get the job done and get, you know, ma- you know, make whatever moves need to be made. You know, if it's if it's someone that we're kind of attached to, I, I trust him to do it insofar yeah. as... You know, kind of excluding the people who are like really hard decisions, but the people who are really hard decisions aren't going anywhere for other reasons in addition to being hard decisions. Absolutely. No, I agree. So just to summarize, it's going to be quite the exciting offseason that we're going to have to take tabs on. I mean, look, we've got we've got a lot of personnel decisions. We've got a coaching change possibly likely in, in the cards. You know, I if 
and I believe that if there's anybody who's going to be able to reload the Washington Capitals, make them a playoff team next season, it's going to be Brian McClellan. And that's my, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it, man. Yeah, me too. Who, who, who do you think's going to be the new coach? <clears throat> you know, they they've been it, talking it, about it, Halpern. They're, they've been talking about Halpern. So if Lavi doesn't get like a one year. I would year love Halpern. Halpern under, under, you know, he's been with Coop for a long time. He's he's seen how to win. He's primed for the next head coach spot. But other than that, man, like I don't know because I don't – I would like to wait until after the playoffs to see like what truly is out there. Who's going to fire their coach after a bad playoff run and uh, on a knee-jerk anger decision? And who can we pick up? I mean, uh, I'm in on I'm in on going after uh, getting Carberry back into the system. Okay, wow, that's that's who I want. I, I want I want Halpern or Carberry. That's who I want. Okay. Is one of those two guys. And you know, there's all sorts of college coaches that we've never heard of. There's all sorts of look. You know, the problem that I have is that the Washington Capitals have been down this rookie head coach thing. Um, three different times and it's not worked out a single time. Not to say that it can't. John Cooper is is the the kicker to that one, right? You look at what Tampa Bay has done. Um so there's there's people that oh, aren't even okay, in the house. So Oates, Hunter Reardon. Reardon. Yeah. Yeah. But and wait, and think about this. Wasn't Boudreaux Boudreaux was at least new to head coaching, yeah. But he was a AHL head coach. Yeah. So I'll take Carberry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so here's another yeah. thing, though. Let's think about this. <laughs> what if the Penguins get really pissy and fire Sullivan? Not that I want the motherfucker. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Dude, do you know what I'm saying, me. right? Like, this is the type of what – if, um, what if Florida has a terrible first round and Paul Maurice gets shit-canned? Uh, I don't, I don't, Paul Maurice is at least below, uh, for, for me personally, he's, he's below Carberry, Halpern, running it back with Laviolette. Yeah. And he's, he's even below getting Boudreaux again. Uh, But it's proven. But it's proven. That's the worst, but like. I would, there are several other options I would at least burn through first. Sure. And, but I'm just saying that does add a little bit of a mix, right? That adds, that adds a wrinkle. And then who knows? Gerard Gallant, that he has a terrible playoffs. Who the fuck knows what happens? Um, good God. A nightmare situation in Vegas. Butch fucking Cassidy running it back with him after he fucking was terrible to us 15 years ago. I don't know if you knew that, but like <laughs> back in like 03, oh. 04, he, he was. I, just I, I, I didn't know the story like from the time, but like I have like since learned the story and like. Total shitbird. Right. Total shitbird. But also he did do well with the Bruins. <laughs> well, but then you look at John Hines, who's done even better. Right. So, and who knows if that's, if that's on the players, if that's on the coach, but you're right. I mean, that's the thing, you know, you give this guy 15 years blackballed from the league, he claws his way back and you kind of got to give him at least like a second look. I don't know. So 
the landscape can, as you know, with head coaches can change overnight. Who the hell knows what's going to go on? I am staying out of the fray on who the next head coach is. Um, like I said, Halpern played for the Caps. He would be a cool asset there. But ultimately, I'm at a complete loss. If it, if they're not running it back with Lavi, I have no fucking clue. I don't even want to. I don't even want to put my nuts on the line. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I just am willing to give my opinions on things I'm not knowledgeable about. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have you on, babe. That's, that's <laughs> all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we wanted to keep this to 45. We're at about an hour now. So I think this is a good time to cut it loose. Um, yeah. So tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, yeah. You can find me at Ellen caps, 1995 on Twitter. Um Hopefully soon I'll get back to get back to writing some blogs for Chirp and DMV. Um, nice. Life life has happened and kind of delayed that, but uh, hopefully we'll get back to that pretty soon. Awesome, good stuff, man. Well, again, thanks a lot for coming on, Caps fans. Absolutely, give Stack Guy Blake at Allen Caps nineteen ninety five a follow. He's the man, um, and uh, always has good takes. So until next time. Dude, thanks a lot, Stack Guy Blake, for coming on. Um, yeah, and no Absolutely. And, I, and we will talk to you on Monday. Until then, though, Hockey Troll, Stack Guy Blake, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Turn podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>